And now on the Business Radio X Network, another exciting episode with Jamie Overdurf in Connecting Tucson with Jamie. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Connecting Tucson with Jamie Overturf, broadcasting from Tucson Business Radio X, situated in Stuart Title Corpus offices off of Broadway. Connecting Tucson is all about connecting our community, local businesses, and organizations to help our community grow and thrive. Today, we have an awesome guest in our studio, Terry Keith. Hello, Terry. How are Hi, you? Hi, Jamie. <laughs> she is the owner and lead instructor of Take Charge. Take Charge is a reliable resource for women who want to learn about a variety of options for their personal safety. We will be learning more about these classes, perspectives a little bit later. But first, let's get to know the woman behind the scenes in classes. Terry was the Amateur Athletic Union Miss USA, Miss America, and Miss Universe through 86 and 88. She is a mother of two teenage boys, Sean and Patrick, and lives right here in the foothills of Tucson. When, well, when she's not here, she's usually in South Dakota. Terry is a sought after speaker and respected and accomplished competitive shooter, holding several accreditations. Throughout her classes and her speaking events, she shares information on how you can avoid being a soft target to criminals, introduces women to additional tools such as pepper gels and pepper sprays, and demonstrates how to correctly use them and ward off an attack, not to mention so very much more. I'm excited to be sharing her story and getting her to tell us about her and her unique insights and expertise. Terry, welcome, and thank you for coming on Connecting with Tucson. Thank you, Jamie. It's great to be here, and thank you for caring about your listeners enough to invite me. Oh, I'm super <laughs> excited. I wish that there were more people out there that talked about this, but honestly, you know, when you get together with your girlfriends, that's not a topic that you talk about usually. Nope. <laughs> it's more about, let's. what are you doing this weekend, or how's your hair, when are you getting your nails done? And I do think that that's something that we need to be, bring more of an awareness to for, I think, our society. I think it's it's important. So. Absolutely. Well, Terry, it's a, an impressive list of accomplish, accomplishments. Um, I have to say, and I'm a little bit intimidated. <laughs> don't be. Oh, don't be. <laughs> well, I, well, you're very accomplished and you're a wonderful person. Let's start off by letting my listeners get to know a little bit more about you. Um, tell me about what you did prior to Take Charge and what brought you to Tucson. Sure. I uh, grew up in a very small town in Kansas, uh, attended uh, Kansas Newman College, got my nursing degree and was on my way to hopefully becoming a doctor. I had a passion to learn about bariatric medicine. Uh, yeah. And I was uh, made it as far as the bookstore in Stanford, but I met my husband there in San Francisco <laughs> and we got married and then I got into real estate investing instead. Okay. Yeah. So completely sidetracked <laughs> from Big what you were going to do. All right. So um, did you do a lot in real estate? You know, we did commercial investing together and then we traveled different places. So uh, not as a broker, but as a landlord. Okay, so you were in Seattle when you were doing that, or? San Francisco. San Francisco, mm -hmm. okay. So how is San Francisco from Tucson? What are the differences that you see? Oh, goodness, big difference. Um, you know, Tucson is more of a friendly community. We know everybody. Yes. You know, I love San Francisco for the parks and golf, the Olympic Club, uh, the restaurants. In fact, one of the restaurants there, his chef is now a restaurant or an owner here at Tavolino's. Oh, so I, I didn't love really, that place. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, so it's a small world. Such a yeah. small world. Yeah. So obviously you probably didn't think you were going to start off in real estate. What brought you to real estate in that early beginnings? It was his, his job or his profession. And when we traveled so much between San Francisco and Sun Valley, Idaho and uh, South Dakota, it just became difficult to keep my credentials as a nurse. Oh, okay. And then I became a mom and was a stay-at-home mom. So full-time mom. There's nothing wrong with the yeah, stay-at-home full-time mom, I tell you. I, I missed a lot of years with, you know, my stepson, so <sighs> I can see how it is. Let's, um, now, you didn't start off by wanting to own your own business or do this type of um, take charge, obviously. So walk me through, um, just who are you and what motivated you to start Take Charge, I guess is the best question I can ask. Right. So, you know, again, I grew up in a very small town in Kansas. I really didn't give my personal safety much thought. Um, you know, I had 
two big brothers, my dad to kind of rely on for my safety and then got married and I relied on my uh, husband to keep me safe. But when the the BG, we call them in the industry, the bad guy showed up at my house, um, you know, I thought I was safe. I live in a gated community. I had the two, two, actually I had three big dogs at the time. I had security system hardwired in my house. But when he showed up, I had no idea what to do. And it didn't take me very long to realize that my personal safety is in deep trouble. And the men I relied on were 1,200 miles or 1,300 miles away on a fishing trip. Um, So sadly, I became a victim of a crime. And after that day, I went out and got the training that I needed to keep myself safe and went through training the, the ladies in my family and then their friends wanted to learn and their friends. And so that's when I got my certifications and started Take Charge. That is so phenomenal. I, I don't know many women that would have wanted to, I guess, take that path that you would have take that you took to help train other people doing what that is. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the incident and how that affected you? You know, it was um, it was life changing, uh, terrifying. So basically what happened, it took a couple weeks to figure out who the person was. Uh, through a provoked phone call, he was arrested and went to jail. And I made my way to the courthouse to get my order of protection. The uh, wake-up call to me was when, when I left the judge's courtroom and I was escorted out by the security man. And we were in the elevator and he said, ma'am, I want you to be safe. I hope you believe in your Second Amendment rights. And that was my first wake-up call. Okay. And I went, okay, uh, what does that mean? And he goes, well, this is just a piece of paper. And that was terrifying to me. Um, So I went home that night. I had a a little bit of a self, hmm, probably a false sense of security, knowing that he was in jail. And my second wake-up call happened about 11 o'clock, 11.30 that night, when the detective on the case called me. And he said, Terry, I just want to let you know that he is going to be uh, facing a felony charge. He's posted bail, and they're going to release him probably within 20 minutes. And that was panic mode. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. And I had no idea what to do. So I called my husband. I said, honey, what do I do? And he goes, you need to get a gun. And I had, I didn't grow up with guns. I don't have a military or police background. Um, you know, I'd had no desire to shoot one, let alone own one or two or 12 or 13 now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, we call them the guitar some, something arsenal or something. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. It happens. Um, it does. And then, um, so that's what I did. I said, okay, what do I buy? He told me which gun to buy. And, but I didn't know how to shoot it. And the person at the gun store, he said, hey, you know, you need to take a CCW class. Get your CCW permit. And I'm like, okay, what is that? And so I signed up for it. It was a month later. Sit through the class, eight hours of classroom time. I learned about the Arizona Revised Statute, Title 13, Chapter 31 and 4. <laughs> for everybody here, I'm sure you know what that means, but we'll get into it a little bit later. Yeah. And so I got my permit. I still had not fired a gun yet, still sitting in the box. So I went back to the gun store. Actually, I went to a gun range and I said, hey, I've got my CCW permit. I need to learn to, to protect myself. I need to learn to shoot this gun. He goes, well, the lady that used to shoot or used to train, she's no longer training, but so-and-so is training, but he's deployed. He'll be back in three months. Oh, man. Three I know. months? I know. It was, a, it was quite a road. So back I go to the gun store. I signed up. I went back to them. I said, hey, I've got my permit. What do I need to do? And he said, well, we have an intro to pistol class coming up next month. So I signed up for the intro pistol. We spent... Um, another six hours in the classroom, and they were attempting to teach me, who I had never touched a gun before, how to shoot with a PowerPoint. And then I thought, wow. <laughs> so I'm That's watching. an eye-opener right there. It was an eye-opener. And so I watched the video. We um, After the, the, it was the second day or midday or something, we broke and we went out to a, I think it was an abandoned uh, cement mine or something. I don't know what it was. Somewhere uh, in town. And they put all the guns out on the table and he started barking orders at us like a Marine. And I was terrified. I was shaking so bad that I couldn't pull the trigger and it was not a good experience. So when we broke for lunch, they said, Hey, you got 45 minutes, go ahead and go into town, grab a bite to eat, come back. I put the gun in the car and went home. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. But the, but the cool thing, there's a good thing about this is that I had no idea that my neighbor 
was a concealed carry person, uh, a female that had a gun, a gun owner. Mm -hmm. And she said, Terry, I go to the range a couple times a month. Why don't you join me? Oh, that's phenomenal. It was cool. And so she wasn't an instructor, but she said, look, I'll, I'll teach you what I know. So she took me to the range. It was a private range and it wasn't a public range. So it was outdoor. And she showed me everything that she knew about firearms. We had a blast. It was pun intended. We had so much fun, you know, and, and since that day, you know, being my background as an athlete also, right. I got introduced into competitive shooting. Oh. So that was really what sparked it for me. You know, oh, it's, it's sometimes hard to, for me to practice a skill that I hope I never have to use. So I'm like, eh, I'm not going to need it today. I'm not going to go to the range. But now as a competitive shooter, I'm like, okay, I got to practice today because I got a tournament Saturday. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, nobody wants to suck somebody wants yeah. to hit their target regardless yeah. on what they're doing yeah. but yeah. yeah and I don't suck I really I shoot good now so I anyway was gonna say, I'm pretty sure you're really good with the competitive shooting in there but yeah. hey we're we'll, we'll I'll digress yeah so you know what thank you so much for sharing your story I know that there happen to be so many women out there that might be in the same situation you are that are scared that don't know what the next steps are to take yeah so my question is this you know, some, maybe somebody went through something similar. How do they know where they should go or what they should do? Are there sites out there that they can take a look at? Or how where, how do you help them go to where they need to go? Well, that's what I hope Take Charge is, is the reliable resource for women to go, okay, this is what I want to do. Because, you know, it's more than just firearms training as far as Take Charge. But if firearms interest you, I have four other instructors that are with me. They're all women. I've handpicked them. And they have my same philosophy. I always tell the women, hey, this is a judgment-free zone. Um, we don't allow spectators or guys on the range. In fact, I say judgment-free and testosterone-free zone. <laughs> we love you guys, but not in our pistol class. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I say, ask me any questions. Don't leave here if you have a question. Let me know because I have been in that exact same position. So that's what that's what I really want to provide for Take Charge is a judgment-free zone for women to come down and learn to be comfortable and confident with their firearms and just have fun. Well, I have to say, again, thank you for sharing your story. And I'm happy to see that something good or some transformation came out of something so what I consider horrible. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you share this story in your classes as well. And it probably has a pretty profound impact on the women that you're teaching. Um, and I've heard a couple of more of your stories, which we'll get into. <laughs> but that actually leads me to my next question, because you kind of touched on it. Do you only teach women? I have occasional, I'll do a co-ed class if it's couples. So if I do a, uh, a, a co-ed class, it will either be for your concealed carry weapons permit, which is a classroom time only, or if I have a group that will specifically email me and say, Terry, my husband and I would love to learn, would you teach us in a semi-private lesson or a small group lesson, then I'll do. But I don't publish co-ed classes. And why is that specifically? You know, to be honest, I can't keep up with the demand of the women on the range that want to learn. Um, I, it's just, it's something, you know, overused word empowered, but it really is amazing for me as an instructor. I will ask the group before we start, who's nervous and everybody raises their hand. You know, I, right. I know that they're nervous, but we spend so much time in dry fire and I teach them dry fire is using, you know, learning to um, learning the um, skill, the fundamental skills of marksmanship with no ammo at first. Right. So maybe I teach grip or sight picture or trigger control, but no ammo. And it just provides a really comfortable environment for them. So it's different. Guys learn different. Um, you know, they just want to get start shooting. And right. women want to know, okay, why does it, what's the firing cycle? Why does it do this? Why does the revolver, what is a double action? It's just a different class. They want to be intelligent when they're talking about it too. I think that's another Absolutely. piece. So like when it, you're right, women and men do learn a little bit differently. And I think having that hands-on approach is something that is so intriguing that we don't get a lot here in Tucson. It's more of the classroom. Yeah. And we've talked about CCW. Um, I don't think a lot of my listeners might know what CCW is, even though I do. So why don't you explain what is CCW and how do you get that? Right. So concealed carry weapons permit. Yeah. Arizona concealed carry weapons permit. A lot of people will say, okay, we don't need that in Arizona because we are a constitutional carry, open carry state. Mm -hmm. Right. However, there are a few really important reasons why you would want your permit 
Um, for example, my boys are both in school. Mm-hmm. So K through 12, if I want to drive onto the parking lot of the school armed, stay into my vehicle, un- unholster my um, firearm and put it in a locked, secure glove box or safe, I can do that, but I have to have a CCW permit on me. Mm-hmm. Um, another important uh, reason for me to have my permit is I like to h- hike our beautiful parks or state parks. And I, when I, aren't they gorgeous, especially this time of year, the, the wildflowers are starting to bloom. Weather. It's like, oh, <laughs> I know. Plus, yeah. you're getting me one of nostalgic for going to hiking. So. Mm, but I like to I'm going to carry a concealed firearm when I hike. But to do that, you have to have a permit on you, not back at the parking lot in your car. Um, other reasons would be um, if you're going to be purchasing a pistol, you if you um, want to purchase it that day, it speeds up the process of mm-hmm. knowing you've already completed a background check. And the final reason I could think of, let's say if I go to a restaurant that serves alcohol mm-hmm. and I want to come in as a concealed carry person and not drink, as long as they have not posted the legal full size um, you cannot carry a firearm in here, then I can carry as long as I have my permit. And of course, I don't drink alcohol. Right. Yeah. So many reasons to have your permit and the reciprocity. So that means when I travel to South Dakota, they recognize my permit in South Dakota from Arizona. Exactly. So you can carry there, even though they don't have an open carry there. Correct. Actually, they do now. Oh, they just they passed do? it. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Just changed You just it. taught me something. I know. I know. I Tennessee's know. trying to do it, too. So, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of states don't have the open carry. And people do have the misconception that, okay, it's open carry. I can carry wherever. That is not the case. <laughs> Absolutely. And I've had to teach some people that. So it's, um, I love the fact that you teach people that and having your concealed carry license is a privilege and it's not really something that, I mean, you have to work to get it. Right. But still, I mean, there's still limitations even though you have a concealed carry permit or a CCW. So. Absolutely. And it really does just teach you in my CCW classes. I go into storage, how to select ammunition. Um, I give my students the perk of knowing how to buy good ammo wholesale, things like Ooh. that, storage. Um, but then we get into justification of lethal force versus the need to stop a threat. Right. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Right. Um, but I do have a question because obviously you said you do mainly women, but you do some private classes with men mm-hmm. and women, but they have to be couples. Do you find that there's a particular type of woman that really seeks out your class or do you see that it's kind of a full range? It is a complete full range. Okay. You know, the, the, the one of the most exciting classes I had or kind of really cool was I had four generations of women in my class. I oh, had wow. grandma, mom. Sister, daughter. It was so cool. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, it was really fun. In fact, they've gone on to shoot and did various competitions, too. So, But, you know, there is no one. No. No one in particular. Yeah, I'm, so sometimes I'm shocked. You yeah. get a good mix of people who are young, old, newbies, maybe mm-hmm. people that are just looking for a refresher, maybe confident users. So, yeah, I like it. So let's. what kind of things do you teach in your class? The uh, For the pistol class? Yeah, let's yeah. do the pistol, pistol class. class. So we always start with the safety rules. There's okay. always a safety briefing that I hold on the range. And then we will get into um, um, specific rules for women or specific rules to the range, things that you need to keep in mind. Like if you have a low-cut shirt and brass goes down your shirt, what do you do <laughs> kind of thing? And it's hot. <laughs> I laugh because I've had that happen. I have too. Bounced off my hat and goes right down my shirt, you know. So I teach that. I teach. um, Then we go into what is a sight picture, right? What should I be looking at? Should I look at the gun? Should I look at the target? Um, I'll help all the students determine their eye dominance. So I'm also, I used to shoot uh, a lot of shotgun and rifle as well. And with those, you look at the target. But when it comes to pistol shooting, it's the sight picture. Um, And we'll get into eye dominance. Mm -hmm. So um, whether you're right-handed and left eye dominant can be a trick thing, you know, very tricky sometimes with how how to shoot well. But I have experience with that. Okay. And then we will go directly to the range. So some of the women will have brought their own firearm and we'll show them, okay, when you come to the range, here's what you need to do to check that it's empty. Because I teach them what does a cold range mean? What does a hot range mean? Uh, uh, Teach them how to load and unload the gun. We get right into grip, stance, sight picture, trigger control. Um, When I, I go through the complete fundamentals, 
And then when I'm comfortable that everybody is safe and confident and they know what all the buttons do and all the, the gadgets on the gun, then we'll go one-on-one -on -one to live fire. That means one student, one instructor to live fire, um, whether it be their gun or a gun that I've provided. Okay. So that actually brings another good point. A lot of women, when they first bring a gun, they're bringing their husband's guns. That might not be, mm -hmm. I guess, a good fit for them. So do you find that to be a challenge? No, it's usually eye-opening because okay. I will bring a variety of guns too that I know that a lot of women like to shoot. Okay. And so I love it when somebody brings a gun there and they say, okay, this is not for me. I'm like, perfect. Then let me guide you into what would be a, possibly a great gun for you. Try this one or, you know, it really, it's, there are so many variations. And, and I also tell the students that don't have a gun, they'll say, I don't have a gun yet, but I'll go get one real quick. I'm like, no, no, please don't. Yes. You know, let me provide you with the, with the fundamentals first, and then it'll make sense. Do you want a safety? Do you want um, an external safety, a backstrap safety? Do you want an external hammer? Do you want a revolver? It just go. it's on and on. And so that is really one of my specialties, helping women decide which firearm they might like. And yeah. and that's huge because I, I know a lot of women or my friends that they're like, I can't shoot my husband's gun. Well, you shouldn't be shooting your husband's gun. You should have, if you're really going to carry a gun, you should be comfortable with it and know it yourself and want to, like, that's something you should do, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't want to, my husband's gun is huge. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, what the, it doesn't fit my hand. I can't yeah. wrap my, like, my hand doesn't go all the way around the, the grip. So it gets it a little bit, like, loosey-goosey when it tries to fire. And that's not safe for me or anybody else that's near me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and and I think typically the men think that women should have revolvers, too. So yeah, they'll bring the revolvers with the heavy 11 or 11 pound trigger on them, and, and they can't pull them. And those have some kickbacks, too. They do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, you know, and they say, well, I got this because I don't know how to rack the slide. I don't have the strength. But I'll teach them, like, I have three very specific skills or tips to teach women. You can rack the slide on these There's guns ways to do it yes and exactly. they're like i had no idea <laughs> and that's probably because their husbands only rack it one way and they don't try to practice the other way so yeah. not not disregarding the husbands in any ways but sometimes when you have that relationship it's hard to teach somebody because yeah. you get that like hair trigger every once in a while yeah. so it's kind of like trying to teach your wife to play golf it's just a bad, bad idea. idea hire somebody else to do it and then we're good and then okay everybody everybody's happy um so well besides pistols you also do a lot of other tools on the range like pepper spray pepper gel and some maybe like self-awareness techniques what are what are some of these other things that you bring to your classes? Yeah, so I realize that there are times when even myself as a concealed carry person that I cannot carry a firearm. Maybe it's based on what I'm wearing that day or where I'm going. Mm -hmm. So, But it doesn't mean that I want to be vulnerable to a criminal confrontation. So um, I create layers of safety for myself, and that's what I teach my students as well. Um, and I also realize that firearms is not for everybody, you know, but sadly, there's like one in five women will be a victim of assault. And if yeah. we had some plan in place, that wouldn't be the case. So I teach um, the defensive sprays. I'll teach the police strength gel. If you have not heard of pepper gel, please come to my class. Um, you know, I grew up with the old time when we had mace and the tear gas and the wasp spray. Oh, God. This is a whole different, <laughs> whole different generation of, of personal safety items. Right. So uh, pepper gel is oleocapsaicin resin, which is the heat or the oil from the stem of the chili pepper. Mm -hmm. And it causes an involuntary eye closure if you squirt somebody um, pretty much ear to ear. So if somebody is, say, on drugs or something and they get squirted with this stuff, which it goes out 10 or 15 feet, their eyes will close. So it's an involuntary reaction where the old pepper sprays and mace, mace is like a generic term, like wonder is to bread. Mm -hmm. So mace and, and tear gas are the same thing. Pepper spray, mace, and have uh, tear gas in them. So I will teach the difference. There are times when you want to have pepper spray and there are times when you should have pepper gel. Um, pepper gel pretty much eliminates blowback. And it's a target specific. It is. So I could use that, let's say if I'm a realtor showing a house and I get myself in a situation, 
it can hit just one person and not affect the entire, it won't go through the HVA system of the home. Right. And then um, it's in the whole house yeah. and it's contaminated. Yeah, yeah. The gel is, office. yeah, exactly. It, it is really. You don't contaminate yourself. No, <laughs> not as much with the gel. Too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely cool. And then I also teach uh, striking tools. I've gone through COVID defense training and I teach things like Cubitons. Um, how to, I know sometimes women will say, well, I just carry my keys in my hand. I'm going to punch with it. I say, well, if you're going to do that, let me show you how they're actually it. meant to be held. Yeah. yeah. And um, then they also are um, used as uh, glass breakers. Yep. So I'll teach the ladies, okay, if you, you know, for example, the lady, the young girl that got into the Uber, the man locked the doors and the windows and she couldn't get out. Mm -hmm. If she would have had a Cubiton striking tool, then she could have popped the glass and, and got out of that situation. Um, so I do teach uh, striking tools, and then I'll teach simple escapes. So I'm not into taekwondo or the self-defense. I think it has a purpose, but for me, it's going to be, hey. If, Get yourself if, out of the situation. Yeah. If he grabs my arm, what do I do? If, if I'm grabbed around the neck, what do I do? If he's grabbed my hair, what do I do? So I teach very simple escapes in the classes. And that is phenomenal. I think everybody could use those. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you don't think you need them, it's an eye opener. If you've ever had a conversation with someone that's been in that situation, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's scary, mm -hmm. and I like to myself get prepared so you know I'll be coming back and doing some refreshers with you. I can't Good. wait to see that. That's awesome. Um, so now just because I know a lot about, let's, I actually know a fair amount about pistols and gels and pepper spray. I, I grew up in that kind of household. You know, I have police officers for family members, so it's kind of one of those things I was brought up around it. It's not something that I don't know about, or I, I know how to rack a gun. I know how to like take apart a gun. I know how to put it together. I know how to clean it. I know everything on that piece. That's cool. But that doesn't mean that I should be teaching a class, right? So <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, what makes you qualified to teach these classes? So I went through a lot of training. I uh, did most of my training at Gunside Academy up in Paulden, Arizona. It is the premier um, training facility. If, if you want to go learn to, they're more combat driven okay. or force on force type training. Um, but for me, it was absolutely spectacular to be able to watch the pros on the range, how they ran the range, managed the range. It was incredible. So I did my, um, certification to become an instructor for pistol, rifle, and shotgun at Gunside Academy. Nice. Um, it was, it was a really great experience. Yeah. Well, from reading your reviews online, I have to say, and, and doing some research, the women that come to your classes seem so much more comfortable after going through these classes with you. Um, and many of these women, as you said, have never actually ever held a pepper spray or gel or even a pistol. And to be honest, like I said, these conversations don't come up always with my girlfriends. It's more like, oh, where'd you get your nails done? Right. Um, what is your teaching approach and how do you get these women comfortable and confident using these items? Because to be, it, like I said, it's, it's hard. I, if you have someone that's never touched something or grown up with something, it's hard. It, it's a different approach than I think that maybe like myself that's grown up with it. How do you make them comfortable and confident in their choices on should they choose a gun? Should they not choose a gun? Or should they maybe carry a pepper gel? How do you help them make that choice? Right. We talk, I talk a lot in the class about um, having a plan in place. And uh, really sitting back and, and reviewing your lifestyle. Okay. Um, that's, that's a big importance. Um, you know, it really, it really varies on, okay, do you have kids in your home? Do you have a disability? Is that, are you, do you work at a place that even allows it? Mm -hmm. um, so it's an open discussion in the class. And, and it's not anything that I can really give them in, in maybe just the intro class. I'll invite the ladies to come back and train with me every month. So maybe the intro class, they haven't purchased a gun, but they think, ah, I think I like this. And I'll say, great, next month, come back with me. Let's spend two more hours. We'll put a lot of lead down range and really see if this is something for you. You know, I have no objection to saying, you know what, keep training. I think you're ready. You're getting there. But it is a process of learning. You have to learn how to clear malfunctions. You have to learn how to perform an emergency reload. So, you know, taking an intro class, I always laugh and say, hey, this is like this is like kindergarten or this is like yes. driver's ed. You know, I'm not going to take you from driver's ed and then turn you loose in New York driving. Exactly. So, same with intro. And I want to I want to put this out to my listeners. And what you said just really resonated me, with me. Just because you take one of your classes does not mean that you're ready to carry that gun 100 percent of the time you do need to come back and 
you know, you do need to train with it. You do need to feel comfortable with it. It almost needs to feel like it's a second part of like your anatomy. So you understand it and you can work with it. And I think a lot of times people be like, oh, I took a class. I'm good. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. When's and the last time you fired? When's the yeah. last time you <laughs> fired? Um, and quite frankly, let's just say it's been eight years. Like I, the last, I have a girlfriend that's like, oh yeah, I took a class in CCW about eight years ago. Okay. Well, when did you fire the gun last? Oh, in the class. Okay. That's really, you know, so do you still remember how to rack it? Do you know how to load it? Do you know how to clean it? Can you take it apart? Where's the safety? She right. couldn't tell me anything. And I, I do want to make sure that everybody here understands that this is not just a one-time thing that you should, it, your safety is something that you should take into account day in and day out. And you should want to make sure that you are training for it. I, I call it, it's almost like a marathon. Absolutely. You need to keep everything there. So, and just because you have a pistol doesn't mean you should possibly carry it. So, <laughs> right. And you know, you don't have to go to a firing range to be proficient with a firearm. Exactly. Yeah. I do, a, I do 80 to 85, 90% of my training at home in dry fire. And explain, how do you yeah. do, what's your training in dry fire? What do you do? Because yeah. I understand what dry fire is. You know, you've got everything and you like hold it in the holster and take it out of the holster and do everything. But what, tell, can, can you tell my listeners what is dry fire? Yeah, so dry fire is the ability to practice with your firearm at home with no ammunition. So first off, the, a gun is unloaded, 100% unloaded. You know the safety rules. You don't let the muzzle cover anything you're not willing to shoot. So mm -hmm. I'm going to dry fire into a safe area, like my fireplace. Mm -hmm. But what it really involves is um, me being able to, say, practice my grip on the gun. Or maybe I'm just going to practice my sight picture, lining up my sights on a blank wall or pulling the trigger without disturbing the sights in my home. No ammunition, no ammunition in the same room at all. And again, I spend a majority of my time in dry fire. You know, I'm 40, 50 minutes from the range. I can't go there every day, although I shoot a lot, but yeah. Right. Competitions <laughs> help with that yes, too. Yeah. I probably on the range twice, three times a week and about, I don't, I, 800 and a thousand rounds a week is what I shoot. And that was yeah. another safety tip you said, you know, you don't want to point the muzzle of the gun unless like at something that unless you're ready to like shoot at it. So Absolutely. a lot of people, they hold a gun for the first time and they're not sure how they should hold it. And they're pointing it at either at something or somebody across the counter. And it's just proper etiquette and control of the gun and understanding those basics because it can easily misfire possibly. Oh, absolutely. And I'll send all my students an intro letter because I didn't know this stuff when I first learned that you weren't supposed to just like, how do I get from the car to the range? Like, <laughs> do I just pick that's it up and good. carry it? No, 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 that's good. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. shouldn't just pick it up and carry yeah, it. But no. I didn't know this stuff either. So that's part of the classes. I'll send out an intro letter going, okay, here's what you wear. Here's what you bring. Here's what to expect. Your gun has to arrive in a case unloaded. You know, the, the men, men well, mean well, but don't load your wives' magazines for them before my class. <laughs> exactly. So what if they're sitting there looking at it and then something happens? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. how accidents happen. Yeah. So anyways, like you said, a pistol is not for every situation. And knowing the difference how and when to use these different tools for self-defense requires more than just one day of training people. I want to make that clear. It takes practice, repetition, and I guess almost uh, a dedication in what I say to make sure you understand what you're trying to use whether it's pepper gel, pepper spray, or a pistol. We will talk about that more in just a more moment, but if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Connecting Tucson with Jamie, where we focus on connecting our community, local businesses, and organizations to help our community grow and thrive. As your local insurance professional for all of your insurance needs, I know how important it is to make new and lasting connections in our community. You never know how a connection will create a spark or pull you in a unique direction. If you are a small business owner or involved in a community project and you would like to be featured on the show, please feel free to give me a call. All of my information is on TucsonBusinessRadioX.com and I would love to hear from you. We were just talking with Terry Keefe, the owner and lead instructor of Take Charge, a wonderfully unique business structure helping women become more empowered to take charge of their life and surroundings. Now, Terry, a business like this is bound to draw some different types of opinions and ideas about what you actually do. Do you find that maybe people have a certain misconception about what you teach or the expectations about what you do? I think the biggest mis or, uh, misunderstanding is probably they think, oh, it's a self-defense class. Oh, okay. I don't want to do self-defense. 
So I always have to say, hey, my classes do not require physical contact. You know, contact. We're not going to be doing Krav Maga, or I'm not going to have you <laughs> jumping around. You know, so I can accommodate everyone, and um, so that's that's probably the biggest one. So, what's the biggest thing that you do to help uh, combat the misconceptions? Do you put things on your website, or are there other things that you do? Mostly on the website or the Facebook page. So okay. I'll say I'll try to say, hey, this is personal safety or options for personal safety rather than uh, personal safety skills. Oh, okay. So it, it it's it's a it's a fine line. It is a fine line. Right. I can see how people would think that it's more of a self defense, self defense. Mm -hmm. But it's more or less, like you said, training you to get out of situations right. and maybe thinking outside of the box. Right. Or I'll say it's not a physical self defense class. That's yes. the biggie. So there are so much to learn in your classes, and I think people can take away so many different key elements. How do you break up the trainings, or is there like a natural progression to your classes? Like do you start like at the beginning of the month with like section one, two, and three, and then the next week four, five, and six? How, how do you help people progress towards their goal of maybe ultimately achieving their um their goal of being proficient in either a pistol or the pepper gel. Right. So um, first first position to, or first class to start in really is intro to pistol. Okay. Even if you've had a history of shooting in the past, as an instructor, I really want to know that the fundamentals of marksmanship are sound. So I don't know who you've been taught you know, by, or maybe right. it can be as simple as just fixing the grip at first, but that will affect everything down the road. So I always say, even if you had have a history of shooting, please come to my intro class first. Um, I'll have all varieties of students there. There may be some women who have shot before, some women that have never touched a firearm before. So I say, you know, please understand that we spend a lot of time learning these guns without shooting at first. So the round count with intro isn't huge. But then after that, I say, okay, you can, you can stay for an optional CCW permit the same day. So we'll do it all in the same day. Four hours of hands-on training on the range, three hours of classroom time if you want your permit. And at that time, that's when I'll introduce the pepper gels, the pepper sprays, and the striking tools as well. Okay. So they'll leave my intro class with a plan in place. You know, exactly. They'll know, okay, if I leave here today and come face-to-face -face with a criminal confrontation, I know exactly what to do. They may not be proficient with a firearm yet, but we do talk about how to have a plan in place. And, and I literally talk about that. And we'll give specific examples. Okay, when you stop to get, you know, fuel up your car, let's talk through it. So that's why the women-only classes really work um, for us is we can ask specific women questions. Yeah. So let's give us some of those other situations that you might help teach your uh, women in the class. What are some situations that you walk them through? Right. So let's take the vehicle safety. You know, I just taught a vehicle safety last week. We actually brought a Bronco onto the range, drug oh. it. Yeah, Pima pistol range is the best. And and Brad and Andy let me borrow their Bronco and they towed it down there for <laughs> They're me. Phenomenal. They're phenomenal. Awesome. <laughs> And but it wasn't about shooting. I talked about um, safety when it came when it comes to vehicles, how to approach your car um, from the maybe from the passenger side or how to park in a well lit area first. I think the big situation uh, because it was following the incident that happened um, at the premium outlet well, oh, outlet malls. Yeah, we'll get that in a second. Yeah, and we specifically walk through how do you enter your car. First thing you do is you you get your Self in the car, and you hit the lock button, number one. And then go ahead and start the car and turn on the air. But what, we find, what I find in Arizona is it's hot here. So you get in your car, you start it up, you put your purse in the passenger side, you lower your windshield, and there, you know, as you're letting the car cool off, you think, well, maybe I'll sit here and check some emails. You know, windows down, cars running, doors unlocked. That's a soft target to a criminal. You know, so we'll talk about other options that are or other situations that would create women being a soft target, because let's face it, criminals are looking for an easy job. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise they'd go out and go to work. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but another example might be um, I see this all the time in the supermarkets. So you get the shopping cart, the little area where the kids are supposed to sit. That is not a purse parker. <laughs> <laughs> Just but you need to cross body your purse. Find a purse that has long enough straps that you can cross body it. That way you're paying attention to it rather than leaving it in the shopping cart while and walking you're over, away from it. Yeah, over digging through the apples. So it's it's really simple things like that uh, that makes you think. And then we'll talk about also, you know, having your um your safety items in hand or accessible. 
So it's also a tangible reminder to just pay attention to what the heck's going on around you. You know, get off your phones, get off these cell phones. Exactly. And I think uh, a lot of times we might think, oh, we're okay. We're in a bubble. We're in Tucson. Nothing's going to happen. But then something like the Tucson Premium Outlet happens. Yeah. Um, so how do you use that type of real life scenario in your class? We'll just walk through it. What would we do instead? You know, I use the, the Uber example. We'll talk about, okay, if you need an Uber, here's what you need to do. You've got the app. You need to make sure you approach the Uber from the passenger side, not get yourself too close to the car because distance is your friend when it comes mm -hmm. to personal safety. And you ask them, who are you here to pick up and wait? You know, they better know your name or you're not getting in the car. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll walk through specific scenarios like that. That's wonderful. And I think, I think every woman, I think it's eye opening. Mm -hmm. Um, we're kind of, I think in what I consider like, it's not a placebo, but we're kind of out there not really checking the scenario. I think we have a false sense of security because maybe we have our husband with us, but maybe your husband's not paying attention either. So even though we have people with us, I still think it's important that we kind of understand our surroundings and maybe assess that. What are some potential targets and how can we neutralize them? Absolutely. So do you sell any of these tools um, that you do, like the, the glass breakers or the pepper gel? Mm -hmm. They're available on my website at takecharge.info, but I bring them directly to the class. I didn't used to do that. However, I found out because the um, quality, I bring a level three pepper gel with me, which is the hottest that you can get. Okay. And so before I didn't bring it with me and I found that ladies were going to knock off products mm. because it would save them a dollar or two and it was maybe half strength and not the quality. So the last thing you want to do is to rely on something when your life is on the line and you go to pull it out and it doesn't work. How? What's the shelf life on those gels? Uh, five years on the gels uh, and the sprays, as long as you don't leave them in your hot car. Yeah, okay. hot car, cold car. So you should probably keep them in your purse or somewhere on your keychains? Well, so I, I have them strategically in my purse, but not buried in my purse. So, All right. So talk about that. How yeah. do you strategically place them? Yeah. So I don't even put mine on my keychain. And if I'm going to put it on my keychain, I would say get a quick release um, attachment for it. Make sure that you can get it off your keychain quick. My preference is mine has an extended tab on it. So I'll go to any arts, like a, it's almost like a little keychain tab that's maybe three or four inches long. So that thing is sticking out of the purse, but the gel or the spray are inside my purse. You know, I'm not a big believer in, in uh, open carry. So I don't like to display my that, defensive yes. items. Or if it's in my pocket, I know that the tab is hanging out. If I need to get to it, it's right there. Um, if I find that I also teach levels of awareness, so there are times when you might be in a situation where, hey, you need to be a little bit more alert here. If I find myself in that situation, I've got the gel or the spray in my hand. So, for example, I'm leaving the movie theater. I've been in there for the movies these days are, what, two hours now or two? They're two and a half, three, five. You know, it keeps, go it keeps going longer and longer, but yeah. So you've left your car unattended, have no idea what's going on. It's dark. Before I leave a safe building, I'm going to put my keys and my gel in my hand. So we just talked about going to the movies and doing everything. I have a lot of friends that have teenage daughters, right? Yeah. Um, and they're trying to be independent. They're thinking like they're an adult. And a lot of times, you know, they we want to let them out, but we want to make sure they're safe. Is this a class that maybe moms and teenage daughters can come to or that you suggest for maybe females that are going off to college for the first time take? Or oh, do you have specific classes that they would suggest for them. Yes, I have a specific class. In fact, I'm going to be teaching it at two weeks. It's already full, mm -hmm. but it is for moms and teens and daughters leaving the nest for the first time. Oh, it's so scary. Yeah, it is it is scary. My, my boys are getting ready to go, and I'm the same way. But I think the best thing is that um, for moms to teach them by example. Because if you tell them once, you know, here, honey, here's your coubaton. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But coming to a class... Uh, maybe watching videos, having uh, other people interact, or actually I'll bring inert canisters with me, which means a practice spray and, and gel with me. Oh, okay. And I'll ask for volunteers from the girls. I say, hey, who wants to try this stuff out? And that's, that's when it's usually a game changer for them. I show them how to use it, you know, so they don't cover up the hole. And inevitably, uh, there'll be one person in every class that, that they're like, ah, I know how to use this. And they'll go to squirt it and it shoots right up at the ceiling. And, I'm, and they're embarrassed. <laughs> and that I'll happens. Say, yeah. And I say, hey, don't worry about it. I'm glad that it happened here with me. 
and not with some crazy person exactly. coming at you. Yeah. Exactly, because yeah, that's so, not the time you want it to happen. Absolutely. I love teaching the, the uh, mother-daughter classes. In fact, I also teach a program called the Refuse to Be a Victim program, and it gets into even more details for younger girls going, okay, if a stranger comes at me, what do I do? You know, you know, when I mentioned earlier when I was uh, living in San Francisco, coming from a very small town, I was so naive. I talked to everybody and my husband would say, honey, you know, you don't really need to give every person a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) True, true, true. You know, you need to maintain distance. So I'll talk a lot about distance. Right. Yeah. Distances can be safe. Oh, so, yeah. It's time. And it's, again, you, you, you hit the head on the nail like I was going to talk about. It's not just teenage daughters. I think it's every young girl needs to understand how to assess a situation. They may just think, oh, I'm with mom and dad or mom and dad is just over there. They can be maybe five feet away and still something could happen. So teaching them that is very, very important. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that. I play the game with my sons. I'll say, hey, when we were first learning this, I say, did you see that person over there? And they're like, what guy? I'm like, dude, there was a guy in a hoodie like crouched down on that side. Did you not see him? They're like, no. And so we're kind of now they're a little bit more aware about what's exactly. going on. <laughs> so let me ask you, how often do you teach these mother mother daughter classes? And are you able to do like maybe private parties? I do. My my safety classes right now are, are on a demand and I do just do private groups right now. So I'll either do a private real estate company. I did uh, one for Sean Edgar a couple months ago. Okay. Um, I will do a uh, mother-daughter. I'll do like at the hospital. If they say, hey, can you gear this specifically to our nurses? Walk um, me through what that looks like. That's kind of interesting. You know, it's more um, for that. It's because you can't carry a concealed firearm in hospital. No, you can't. And so that gets into the, the uh, carrying the gel. But then mostly having it accessible, like, okay, where are you going to carry this? Remember where you parked. Maybe you're in the parking garage. Today you're on level four. Tomorrow you're on level one. So it's it's walking them through um, maybe learning where the call boxes are at the hospital if you have an emergency. Um, so each, each group is different. Oh, that's so nice that you can tailor that. So, so phenomenal. Um, well, I have to admit, I do recommend that everyone at least checks out your website. And what is your website again? takecharge.info. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you got it. I was going to help you out just in case I had it written here. Some people like go, uh. Yeah, uh what was the website? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, so let me ask you this. If, because you mentioned real estate. I do have a lot of business clients. Um, what's different about real estate versus the nursing? How do you like you said you tailor it, but what's different specifically for the real estate classes? So, on for example, on the real estate class, I'll talk about how do you have an open house? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you do a showing? And we'll talk a lot about um, even do, creating smoke and mirrors. How do you post your signs? Like for example, instead of just listing one real estate agent on an open house, I'll say list two. You know, oh. or or always be sure that you attend a showing with somebody else. Um, don't rely on a phone app to keep you safe unless, you know, in my situation, it took me about 10 minutes to even find my phone. And it, it is an out-of-state um, area code. So when I called 911, she said, watch your emergency. I told her and she said, where are you located? And I went blank. Had no, I, I couldn't so even remember my address. So how does the out-of-state address. area code actually affect 911? I'm not sure, but she did not know where I was at. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I don't know if my locator was off on my phone, um, but it took... 20 some minutes for the police to even show up at my house. And so if you think you're a realtor that's going to rely on a phone app, you know, I teach a a specific drill in my pistol classes called the Tudor drill. And it is basically attempting to draw a firearm from your holster, shooting two rounds while someone runs the other direction, obviously. And you'll see how far a person can travel in two seconds. And it's about 21 feet. So um, it's, it's a, it's a eye opening. Yeah. Very so it could be even, I didn't mean to interrupt you, it could be That's even right. as simple as you don't park your car uh, in the driveway. You park your car at, at a showing outside on the street so you don't get blocked in. You always go in, I bring a, um, it's called a door wedge, and I'll show them how to use the door wedge that you can put on the hinge of the door so it cannot be shut behind you. Because in many real estate uh, abduction or situation, criminal situations, they will shut the door behind you, lock it, and um, then you're it's, in. you're in deep do. 
Right? Yeah, right. yeah you better have some of the other like pepper gels <laughs> yes. or some other stuff besides being able to yeah. do that yeah. so, so it goes on it's endless so yeah. you do pistol class do mm-hmm. are your pistol classes separate from your gel classes or what kind like what are all of the classes that what are some of the over level of the classes that you offer in services right so the pistol class is very separate from the safety classes okay um, pistol class minimum age is 14 okay if um, if a parent is comfortable that their daughter is mature enough to listen to me, then I say bring her. You know, I've had 14-year-olds. My my boys both started shooting when they were 11. They shoot competitively now. Um, but the um, the first thing is the intro class. The CCW is an option. The gel and uh, safety classes are completely different. And then once the intro is completed, I'll say, yes, please come back and, and keep training. So we have what we call pistol practice days. Okay. Uh, um, your firearms classes are ongoing. Your safety classes. Once you have it, you have it. Okay. And how old do you have to do uh, be to do the gel and sprays? Um, I cannot. You cannot purchase gels unless you're 18 and over. Okay. Um, the good news is that U of A does allow the students to carry pepper gels now. You cannot carry a firearm on campus, um, but that was that's pretty cool. So if you're so going to college, check. Let's do that. So you have col- we we are obviously U of A is we're a college town. Mm-hmm. Um, what type of um, things can you do as a student to help maybe keep your awareness there and keep yourself protected? Uh, go out in pairs. Okay. Don't go out alone. Um, drinking and dating don't mix, period. <laughs> <laughs> End of story. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. And um, and have a plan in place. Okay. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that I haven't covered that you'd like to, you know, maybe go there? You know, I just hope that women, you know, I'm so grateful that they they trust me to be their instructor. And it's so exciting for me to see ladies go from I'm terrified to you really leaving. We're hooting and hollering and cheering. And it's just a great experience. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this then. What do you love best about what you do? Oh, boy, that's a biggie. Take your time. I think I was at a, a conference this week and an expo this weekend, and when I had a, a, a husband came up to me and gave me a big high five, he said, Terry, I am so thankful for you teaching my wife. He goes, but now she's she's addicted to this shooting stuff. She <laughs> wants to go out shooting all the time. But I think that's awesome. So that's a, that's a huge compliment you, for me. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. And I can honestly tell you love what you do. You I love do. teaching people. You have a passion for it. You want people to be protected. You want to have them be confident in their surroundings and what they're using. Because the last thing I want or you want is for someone to have their husband's gun and not be able to use it. And then it gets taken away from somebody. Oh, absolutely. Retention is huge. And 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 also for the women that just want to learn to shoot for planking, it's kind of fun. I, I think it's therapy. So. <laughs> For the people that don't understand what plinking, plinking is. is, we're gonna just go to the range and shoot and have fun. So yes, yes. yes. Sorry, I knew what That's it was. Fun. I <laughs> love it, it. I like hearing the pew plink, pew yeah. plink. <laughs> it's one of those like little metal targets. I love it. It is kind of fun and it can be very therapeutic. So, well, right now, everybody, that is all that we have for with connecting Tucson with Jamie here at the Stewart Title Studios on Broadway. If you like the show, let us know. You can find all of the social media links and today's information for Terry Keefe and Take Charge on TucsonBusinessRadioX.com, connecting Tucson with Jamie. As always, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and make that connection. You never know where it's going to lead or who you might meet. Until next time, this is Jamie Overturf with Farmers Insurance. Keep on making unique connections, Tucson. Have a fabulous Tuesday.